Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 277 and session number 84 of Ask Scott. This is where I get to answer your questions on the podcast. And you guys have heard me say this, well, 84 times at least. I love doing this. I love being able to listen to your questions via voicemail, and then I get to jump on here, and we get to answer them together, and all of us collectively in the same room, in a sense, right, because we're all listening to this, uh, being able to all gain from whatever my opinions or other people uh, that have helped me kind of come up with my own opinions or my own insights. So just want to say thank you so much for showing up once again. If you guys are brand new and this is your first Ask Scott session, you got a bunch more to catch up on if you want to, uh, but just want to say welcome and give you a nice little handshake and say, uh, glad to have you. Loving that you're here, okay? So um, the other thing is, real quick, is uh, I'm pretty excited right now because I'm recording this about a week and a half, well, almost two weeks before we're going to be in Arizona live with 30 uh, Amazon sellers. We're having a live event there. It's called TAS Breakthrough Live. So if you're listening to this on the date that it comes out, we will be there the day after. So the let's see, November 5th and 6th will be the two days that we'll be in Arizona. And I am super excited. Now, I will say I'm getting a little overwhelmed here because it's coming up to that point where we're going to have to make sure everything's in line. We've got, like like I said, 30 people coming. And uh, we just got to make sure that everything is kind of in line. We've, we've got a little bit of content that we're creating for day two. So we got to have that. Uh, so again, feeling a little bit of pressure, not too much. But I do have a word of the week for for you and for for me is to really uh, really focus on this one thing and what that is is simplify. I love that. I've got a whiteboard in my office here and uh, I write like a new word on it like usually every single week and then I look at that so that way I reminded of that and this week it's simplify. So really simplify means like take everything that you're doing, simplify everything and kind of like. Focus on the things that you have to focus on. Um, so just really simplifying, and that could be broadened out, right? We can talk about simplifying things like, are we overcomplicating this whole business thing? Can we simplify certain things and maybe get to those other things later? I'm sure we can, but I just think in life, we need to simplify. We need to really just think a little bit differently about what we're working on and uh, and and not even just working on like our life. Like what is important to us like right now and what should we be, you know, spending our time on? Um, so that's something I'm working on especially this week because again, I, I feel a little bit overwhelmed at times. Uh, so, you know, you got to you got to simplify, right? And, and kind of break it down at uh, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, I guess focused level. And that's what I want to share with you. So again, maybe you want to write this down, simplify. Okay. That's the word of the week. All right. So, uh, okay. The other thing I want to do is remind you real quick too, that the show notes, the transcripts for this episode and all the other episodes, um, can be found at the show. Let me see what I'm trying to say here. Well, at the show number. So this one here is 277. So theamazingseller.com forward slash 277. And you'll find all the transcripts to this episode. Um, and the, uh, the, the show notes and the, and the transcripts will be there for you. All right. I think that's what I'm trying to say. If you want the transcripts and the show notes, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 277. If you have a question of your own that you want me to answer on an upcoming Ask Scott, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. All right. And then I will say, if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out or even the day after, which should be the 4th of November, uh, 
head over to Periscope. If you are not following me on Periscope, uh, you're probably going to want to do that because I'm going to be broadcasting live uh, from Arizona. So you're going to be able to get a little bit of a behind the scenes or even like during a session uh, through Periscope as long as everything connects there well. But I do plan on doing that. You can find me on Periscope at Scott Volker. You can find me there. Or you can just go to the Facebook page, uh, theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy, and we'll be broadcasting Facebook Live there as well. Now, not for the entire thing. We're just going to kind of do a couple of of couple of uh, sessions there possibly just to, uh, to kind of let you guys see a little bit what's going on and hopefully learn something in that process or maybe even something uh, at nighttime when we're doing like maybe a little round table there. Uh, so would love to have you guys there and I know that everyone can't be there and we had limited spe- seats anyway. So um, this will be a way for me to at least let you get to see some of uh, what we're doing over there. All right. So guys, I think I've rambled on long enough. I am very excited as you can tell. I'm excited for today's questions, but I'm also excited about being in Arizona and uh, really, you know, being around like-minded people. I just love, love, love that. So let's get started here. What do you say? Let's go ahead and listen to today's first question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. This is April from Ohio. I have a quick question for you. Um, I've been selling one product for about five months and things are going well. And recently I searched on eBay for my product and saw there were six sellers selling my actual product on eBay. Um, they are for more than what I'm selling it for. I'm selling it for 20 and they sell it from anywhere from 22 to $30. So my question is, should I do a listing on eBay uh, at my normal price of $20 or should I just sell on Amazon and let those other six sellers continue to sell for me on eBay. Um, I wonder if there's any disadvantage to being in both places. I've heard um, returns could be a hassle if you sell on eBay, fulfill through Amazon. I'm not sure if that's true or not. So just wanted your perspective on this issue. And thanks again for everything you do. Hey, April, thank you so much for the question, and it's a good one. I can't wait to uh, to give you my thoughts on this. First off, I want to say congratulations on actually doing something and putting a product up and getting behind it and starting to sell it, so that's awesome. Uh, really, really uh, proud of you. That's awesome. That's a great job. Uh, okay, so let me just give you my thoughts on this. First off, uh, this can happen, and I want everyone to, to realize this, okay? Now, recently, yes, Amazon has cracked down on these review groups and uh, giving away your product at a, you know, well, not even just giving away your product at a discount, but the review groups is really what they're saying as far as exchange for review. That's the, the key words there that, that they're saying, like, you cannot give away a product in exchange for a review, and that's pretty much what they're saying right now. Now, there's some other, you know, there's some other interpretations that we can have of this, but I'm not going to get into that right now. We've already talked about that. We'll be talking about it again in the future, I'm sure, but what I did want to say is whether, you know, you were doing them before or you're doing them now, uh, you are going to allow yourself to sell a product at a steep discount. Sometimes people are just buying these products so they can then sell them on eBay, okay? Now, in your case, you may be selling your item for $15 and then they're going to buy it from you. They've got prime shipping, so they're going to get it for free. And then they are going to get it to Amazon or I'm sorry, eBay, and they're going to try to make five or 10 bucks a unit. Okay. And so now you're acting as like a wholesaler. Okay. Now you've got a couple of different, uh, 
things you can do. Okay. There's, you know, you can just keep doing what you're doing because you're still selling product. If you were selling the product at a discount on a regular basis, I mean like a discount, like a giveaway discount, like if you were selling it for like, you know, under $5, well, you probably don't want to do that because then you're just allowing your competition because that's what they are in in turn is like, you're the wholesaler in a sense, but they're getting it for really, really cheap. They're getting it for what you're getting it for. Then at this case, if you're, if you're pricing it for what you've, you've purchased it for, now they're just going to compete with you on eBay. So I would say that I would not like, okay? So that I would try to uh, make sure that that doesn't happen. Now, if you're selling your product on on Amazon and you give it an occasional 20% off, or maybe if you buy three, you get you know 20% off your next one or something, and maybe people are starting to do this and then they're going to sell it on eBay, it's up to you to decide if that's good for your sales to be I don't know if you guys can hear that or not, but a plane is just flying by, and I'm not even going to pause on that one. You're just going to have to uh, listen to the plane that just flew over. Never have planes fly over, but we do today. Uh, (laughs) You never know what's going to happen here. Uh, Okay, so I would say... Once you're getting those sales, even if it's at a 20% discount because you ran a coupon through your listing, you're still getting the juice of the sale, right? So it is still helping you, but you are also now allowing someone to sell your product on eBay or another uh, deal site or whatever, right? That you're, you're, uh, you know, you're giving it to them so they can sell it and make a profit on your product. So it really comes down to like, what are you comfortable with, right? If you want Launch that same product, your same product on eBay, and then if they want to undercut you there, they can, but again, that might also eliminate anyone buying the product through your listing on Amazon, not even at a discount, but just at regular price, and then they're going to try to up, you know, they're going to market up inside of eBay or whatever, so it really comes down to what, you know, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to manually fulfill items to eBay, or would you rather just say, yeah, buy you know, 25 of mine every month, and then you can just launch them on eBay and you're still making your 20 bucks that you want to make. And they're going to sell it for 25 or 27. That's up to you. Um, you know, where do you want to focus your time? Uh, so totally up to you or anyone else that's listening right now, but do understand this. If you are running deals on a deal site, okay, even slick deals or even fat wallet or any of these other deal sites, and you are giving your product away at a steep discount, you run the risk of finding your product on eBay and then they're going to make the money on that. Now, if it's just a batch of 25 that you did or 50, then that's fine, okay? But if you're going to be uh, doing these deals on a regular basis, you're going to also allow them to just keep buying your inventory from you, um, you know? And yes, you're going to get you're going to get that juice going through the listing to help you rank, you know, which is great, but do you want to continually do that so that way there's someone else can compete with you on eBay? So that's totally up to you, uh, you know, and, or anyone else listening. But those are the different things to think about, okay? Um, I think you said, though, that they were buying them at almost regular price and then they're just relisting them on eBay. I would think then, I mean, if you don't have to do any work and they're just going to they're gonna do that work for you, then, yeah, buy them all day long for me at 20 bucks and you're going to sell them for 25. I'm good with that. Uh, you know, so it's really up to you. Um, and sometimes people don't want people selling their brand, you know, uh, they, they just don't want them selling it because they aren't wholesaling it. Right now, that doesn't mean that you can't buy something from a department store and then resell it on eBay. You can, um, depending on, I guess the brand now, nowadays, I mean, there's, there's been some, uh, you know, some bigger brands that have been, you know, cracking down on this, but, uh, yeah, for the most part you can. So, all right, long-winded answer, I know, but uh, hey, if we were having that cup of coffee, 
this is going to be the conversation that I'd be having right here. All right. So uh, hopefully that's helped you. Good luck to you, April, and and congratulations once again, and uh, keep me posted on your progress. Love to hear how you're doing. All right, let's go ahead and listen to the next question, and I'll give you my answer. Yeah, good day, Scott. Uh, I've been looking at a couple of, uh, it's Jim here from Australia. I've been searching a few products, and quite often when I get to find one, I have a look on Jungle Scout, and I find there's only about five or ten of that particular type of product that will not even fill the page. And I'm looking for a depth of market. I might only have about three sellers for that particular type of product or that variation. So it doesn't give me like a view of the depth. But because there's just so few, I'm just wondering if that's still a good indication of going forward with something like that. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Hey, Jim, all the way from Australia. What's up, man? Thank you so much for the question. I love it when I get questions from people all over the world. I really, really do. I love the questions from anyone, but when I hear people uh, tuning in from, you know, just different countries, it really, really kind of fires me up. It's awesome. So, okay, uh, great question, by the way. And you guys have heard me talk about depth and demand, right? You talked about, you know, I like to have products that are at least eight to 10 deep selling similar products. That's the key word there is similar products. It doesn't have to be the exact same product, right? Because here's the deal. If we have everyone selling the same product, then it's going to be harder for me to compete, right? So, Just to, I guess, clear this up a little bit, I just want to know that there's depth in that market that the product is is similar to the top selling products, right? So if there's three products and what Jim, what I think what Jim is saying here is that, you know, there's only three products that are, let's call it identical or that are the same similar product that I'm, I'm saying like similar, like they, they almost look identical, but, uh, you know, there's only three of them and there's not 10 of them. Um, that's okay to me. Okay. As long as I know that deeper down that list, there's still people buying something similar to that. It could be a bundle. It could be an accessory of the first thing, right? So this way here, I know that there's enough depth for that and demand for that particular product. The other thing that you might want to do is uh, also do a little bit of, uh, you know, like Google Trends and kind of see, like, maybe that's just something starting to happen right now. And maybe you can get in before everyone else comes in on that product. So that would be something too, because if you get into something, I don't like to ever get into a product that that I don't see anything being sold there yet. Uh, you guys probably heard me talk about this, kind of like Shark Tank, right? If you've ever watched Shark Tank, you know, people come in with these great ideas and they are pretty good ideas, but the market hasn't proved or tested that product will sell yet. All right. Now this is a good thing and a bad thing. The good thing is, is you may be first to market. The bad thing is, is it might flop, right? So we want to at least prove that people are buying that product. Okay. Or a similar product. Okay. So that's why I would say, I would, I would have to look at the numbers. I'd have to look at the market. I'd have to look at other accessories that are being spun off of this one product and stuff and look at the, you know, look at the mo at the market overall. So this way here, um, I wasn't just uh, saying, well, it's only got three, so I'm going to abandon it. That could be an opportunity. All right. So you want to look a little bit at the history, not even just on Amazon, but maybe in Google trends. You want to see that type of stuff. You also want to see how long those other companies have been selling those products. So you want to go to like camelcamelcamel.com or keepa.com uh, and check those out. 
because that may also say that these these three sellers, they didn't come in that long ago, or maybe they have, and they've been the only ones selling it, but there's no competition for them yet. So there's a, a bunch of different things that you have to look at. That doesn't necessarily always mean it's a bad thing, but I would say if there's only three and there's nothing else even close to it after that, then I would be a little concerned. Doesn't mean that you still can't do it. It just means that to start when you're first starting, you know, to have a product and, and you're kind of gambling uh, and, and you're actually, you know, increasing the risk, um, you know, that's something I would probably stay away from. But with that being said, I'd have to look at the entire market and also the entire page that's being filled for this keyword. You might also be looking at a keyword that's only bringing up those three, but you look at a different keyword, it'll bring up five or 10 more. So you got to do a little bit more keyword research too, to see if maybe you're missing a keyword that's bringing in, um, other sales for other products. That's, that's, uh, you know, similar to that product. So hopefully that helped again. I know it's not like a, you know, a, a black, white answer, you know, it's not like I can tell you exactly this is, this is the way it's going to work. Uh, it's, it's something that you're going to have to look at the numbers in order to get that, that uh, information. And like I said, you know, use those tools, those free tools, and it'll give you a little bit of insight on that market. The other thing is do a Google search just to see if there's demand there for this type of product, right? We want to make sure that there's enough demand there as well, because you know, that'll tell us, are there people out there that are, that are searching for this product? Maybe even keyword searches. So go to the, the Google Keyword Planner tool and see if people are searching for that keyword or that type of product or that solution to a problem. Like look and see just by looking outside of Amazon a little bit and then you can bring that information into Amazon and maybe broaden out your keyword searches there to see if you can find more depth or demand for another keyword. All right, so hopefully this helped you. Thanks again for the question all the way from Australia. Thanks a lot, Jim, and good luck to you. And uh, yeah, keep me posted on your progress. Let's go ahead and listen to another question, and I'll give you my answer. Scott, my name is Andrew, and I have ventured into FBA selling. I'm very grateful for the content that you and Greg Mercer and Steve Chu and just everybody has put online and can't imagine doing it without that guidance, but I only have 60 more seconds. So I'll get to it. I have imported my first product from India and tried to go through all of the quality controls possible, um, kind of that you and Greg and others have talked about, uh, just short of hiring somebody to inspect the product So I had pictures and that kind of stuff, but not a physical presence in the factory. Uh, We just received the product and the box as well as the product has some issues. Even after doing the samples and the pictures, the box looks a lot darker than what we expected. So I was wondering how you would handle that when talking to the supplier. Um, Yeah, any feedback on that would be great, and I guess I will just look on your site for any answers and insight that you may have. Thank you again, and look forward to it. 
Hey, Andrew, thank you so much for the question, and thank you for being a longtime listener. I appreciate it, man, and I appreciate everyone out there listening. Uh, I truly love doing these Ask Scott sessions. Again, I love just uh, being able to connect with you guys, so I appreciate you guys uh, really submitting your questions and allowing me to give you some feedback or you know, t- for us to kind of have a conversation about it. But uh, yeah, okay, so you have a, um, a quality control issue. So the first thing, the very, very first thing I would say is a third party in 30 yeah a third party inspection company that's what i'm trying to say i guess i have to slow down my mouth when i want to talk um sometimes my thoughts come quicker than my mouth will allow (laughs) to speak all right anyway that's for another conversation uh okay so yeah i would say a third party inspection company is is a must for you if you've had problems uh you know i think that in the beginning, we can say, you know what, let's go ahead and get a sample or two, see how they come through, and then uh, get a small batch ordered, and then if that's if that's come through okay, then we might be able to take a chance and then order more. Now, with that being said, I interviewed a guy recently who did this, right? He actually went through the whole process. He ordered uh, a, a product. It came through fine. He shipped it into Amazon. He sold through it. He did a reorder. On the reorder, he goes, ah, I'm not going to do an inspection because everything's been fine up to this point, so I'm just going to send it through. He sent it through, and then he had a an issue, not even with the, the product not working. He had a problem with people saying that it wasn't authentic, and the reason why was because the logo was very, very faint. Uh, as far as it being uh, visible or you know legible, so you could see it, it was uh, it was just really really faint, um, and because of that, people were saying that it, it was you know a knockoff, and he had like a few complaints, not even that many, and then immediately Amazon pulled that listing, and uh, actually uh, you know almost uh, you know or actually they they did they they suppressed the listing and they were talking about banning uh, his account if he didn't fix it. Um, so he ended up getting through it and actually that episode was, I should probably give you the episode on that one. You might want to listen to that episode. It was a good episode. It was actually the episode before this episode. It was 276. I don't know why I just didn't know that. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, that's the episode 276. And again, uh, you know, he kind of goes through that whole horror story, but, uh, one of the big things he said that would have probably prevented that was a third party inspection company. So, um, I know top win inspection, um, they're really good. Um, I've got uh, people that are, are podcast listeners that have used them, and I also have people that are in my class that have used them, and they all swear by them. The one thing I would say is that they are very, very strict as far as what they're going to pass and what they're not going to pass, and that's a good thing because ultimately it's going to come down to you saying yes or no. They're just going to kind of dig through all of the different criteria of that product and, and kind of, you know, doing the, the quality control. And they're going to give you a report that says, uh-uh, or yeah, this looks good, right? But they're going to give you all the, all the stuff that they think that looks defective uh, or that just doesn't meet their standards. And then it's up to you to say, you know, yes, it's okay. I'm going to let that go through. Because what would have happened here is if if that would have came through in the picture that that top win inspections would have done, it would have came through and then uh, they would have been able to see that the logo was faint and then they wouldn't have released them from the factory. But now that you have the product, that's when a problem uh, becomes even more complicated because you're going to have to now uh, tell your supplier that you have a problem with them 
And then they're either going to have to say, we'll ship them all back, or they're going to have to say, well, we're not going to give you full credit because you have them now. And uh, because of that, we're, you know, we'll, maybe we'll give you a discount on your next batch, but we're not going to redo those ones. Or maybe they will. You know, I think it all comes down to the relationship you have with your supplier and your manufacturer. But in order to not even let it get to that point, it would be to have a third party inspection company do that inspection. And then this way here, you won't run into that obstacle. So again, top win inspections. I have no affiliation with them. Actually, I probably should because I recommend them all the time. Um, and if anybody, if anyone else out there has any third party inspection companies that you guys like or that you guys use, please you know, send them to me, uh, Scott at the amazing and I'll look into them. And, uh, if you guys have had good experience with them, let me know your experience and maybe I will mention them in the future. All right. So, all right, guys, let's go ahead and listen to one more quick question. I will go ahead and give you my quick answer and we will wrap this baby up and, uh, we'll call it a wrap. What do you say? Let's do that. Let's listen to the next question. Hi, Scott. My name is Toby. Uh, I'm from Israel and I want to explain First of all, I want to thank you about uh, the podcast and uh, all the videos in uh, YouTube. It's great. You're really helpful, and uh, I learned a lot. My question for you is, uh, were you uh, the best uh, suggestion to uh, design the, the product, the logo, the branding? And where uh, do you do that, and uh, how much is it supposed to cost, and where we can I can do it in the, the lowest prices I can? Thank you very much again, and you are great. Bye. Hey, Toby, all the way from Israel. What is up, man? That I mean, again, guys, I mean, all the way around the world, this stuff just really fires me up. So that is just awesome that uh, you guys are listening. Uh, you know, Toby, you're listening all the way from Israel. It's just crazy. So awesome. Thank you so much for being a listener and uh, really, really do appreciate it. Okay. Uh, okay. Th- this is actually, a, it's a good question. I've touched on it before. Uh, first off, I think that having good graphics is pretty important because that will make your packaging look better. It will make your product look as though the perceived value on it is higher. So I would say definitely invest in a good graphic or logos. Um, so this way here you have it. It's, this is like another part of your asset. Um, I always talk about building your email list, right? And your, your external channel and stuff like that, right? Like that, that's an asset. I believe that your, your branding and your, uh, you know, because that's going to go on your marketing, that is an asset as well. So don't, I wouldn't go cheap on this. I mean, you can get it done, you know, cheaper, uh, but what I'm trying to say here is don't cut corners just to save a few bucks because this is something that's going to be branded um, or branding your products in the future. So I wouldn't skimp on this, okay? Uh, Now, you can try Fiverr.com. Uh, I've tried them for numerous, uh, you know, numerous tasks. I would say though, I would probably use Fiverr for something like if you're doing social media posts and stuff like that, something, you know, something that's a little bit, uh, I guess more basic, but then again, you're not really looking at it being like your, your finished product on your box or something like that. Right. So I would say Fiverr. I mean, again, you might find your designer on Fiverr because Fiverr, for those of you that don't know, and I'll leave the link in the show notes, but Fiverr is basically a place where people are putting up a gig, they call it, right? A Fiverr gig for five bucks. So they're saying like, well, I'll design you, you know, a graphic for five bucks. But then it usually, it gets more expensive because you want 
more revisions or you want it to be saved at a higher resolution or you want it done in less than two days. Um, you know, all of that stuff can then add up to where you're spending 30, 40 bucks, which is still, that's cheap. But the thing is, is, you know, are you going to be able to find that, uh, you know, that, that special design or that graphic designer that you really want there because you're not really able to see a bunch of different designers unless you hire each one. So I guess a test would be hire four different designers, give them the same exact task and see which one comes out on top. It might cost you 40, 50 bucks to find that one. And once you find that one, you can continually use them. So that's one technique that you could use to find a graphic designer, um, or you can head over to 99designs. Um, 99designs, that's probably, I think, one of the better ones out there. What it does is it allows you to post your job, and then graphic designers come in, and they create a design for you, and then they post it in this little private area, and then you get to look at them and see which ones you like, which ones you don't like, and they, I think they they have like five or seven days in order to uh, complete these different designs, and then at the end, you get to pick a winner, uh, and then you, during that contest, you can tell them what you like, what you don't like, and then they can come back with, no, with another revision, and then at the end, you can, you can basically say, I, w- I want that one design. Um, now, it will cost you, I think the start, I think it's like 300 bucks, I think it's 299 bucks. But again, you don't have to pay unless, you know, unless you're happy, right? So you're really not risking anything unless you come out with a graphic that, a graphic design that you like. Now, again, it's going to vary. That could go up in, in price if you're doing a full box, you know, uh, design, right? If you're doing like a full, you know, packaging design. But if we're just talking about a logo or a graphic, um, that's where the starting place is. But you can go all the way up to $500 or $1,000 for a full box um, design or, uh, you know, packaging. So just keep that in mind. I'm not affiliated with 99designs. I probably sh- uh, should be because I have referred them quite a bit, and I know a lot of podcasts have them on as their sponsor even, but uh, I'm not affiliated with them as of right now, but who knows? Maybe in the future, uh, they can start sending me some coffee money as well. So uh, we'll see. But um, that, that's who I would, I would try those two places, or if you know someone uh, in, in, your, in your town, or if you know someone even maybe... A friend of a friend knows of a graphic designer, you know, maybe go down that road. Um, but it is really important, I think, to find uh, a designer that's willing to work with you with multiple revisions. Um, so this way here, you can really find the one that's going to suit your needs. Uh, I think it's really important. That's a huge asset to have, by the way. The, the asset is the graphic or the design, but also the the graphic designer that you have that's an asset that can be on your team in a sense right because that's the one that's going to be able to help you do all of your packaging in the future as well so hopefully this has helped you hopefully all of these suggestions opinions uh you know i guess uh insights whatever you guys want to call it of me sitting around here talking about this stuff with you guys hopefully it's been helpful i do love to do this so keep them coming the amazing forward slash ask and uh i'll keep coming back and doing my best to answer them as long as you guys keep submitting them. Uh, Now, if you do have a question and it doesn't get answered right away, that's just because there's other questions in front of you. And I apologize for that, but uh, I only do about three to four questions an episode. So just hang tight. All right. So, uh, and if you have any other questions that you want answered like right away, I'd head over to the Facebook page, theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy, go there, submit your question there. And 90 percent of the time it's already been answered so just go up in the little search box there and just type in your question 
And I'm sure it's probably already been answered and you can kind of look through the, the past threads. And then if it hasn't, then just go ahead and post a question. All right. And I'm sure that you'll get a lot of feedback there. All right, guys. So, uh, theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, uh, that's where you can ask your own question there. The show notes, theamazingseller.com forward slash 277. And that will take you to the show notes page where you can grab all of the links and the show notes and the transcripts, all that will be there for you. And, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and check all that stuff out. All right, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode, this session of ask Scott. And I just want to remind you that I'm here for you and I believe in you and I'm rooting for you. You have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now go get them.